in three, two, one. John, are we live? We're live, sir. What's going on, buddy? Not too much, my man. Two in a row. This I know. is cool. Having yesterday's guest and today's, it feels like we've had a lot of wheelhouse, which makes me happy. I love it. I'd do this every day if we could. Sorry to all my agents in the office. I prefer being here over being in the office. I'm prettier. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, I don't no, know. That, I oh, don't your know your mom's watching, so I guess I, I have to agree. My mom? No, that's, that's my it's my sister. Oh, your sister in law. Okay, she's prettier. Hi, Sue. Um, <laughs> and Maggie's watching, so beautiful. We have all your fans watching. Boom. Um, any shout outs from you? Because I'm excited to get into today's show. And for those of you listening today, um, I never really ask for this on any of the shows, but you'll see. John's gonna have some graphics up. I'm gonna be looking for some donations. Yep. From you guys on air. We're going to do some good today. And some of you guys watching, I, when I can see you watching, I might just call you guys out. <laughs> we lost all the viewers now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so shout outs. Let's take a look. Uh, well, as I'm sure you're aware, Daniel Cormier, his birthday is today. And he, of course, watches us all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. Didn't know it was oh, birthday. yeah. DC, he's always watching us. Oh, just okay. turned 40 today. Uh, so happy birthday. Probably won't get to him, but you know. And Our, my good buddy Danny Rubenstein, who watches from time to time, who's a um he's a UFC agent, is actually Daniel Cormier's very good friend and wrestled with him. So well, maybe see? Danny will share it. We can get a pass along. I love it. I'll cut it out, send it, boom. Uh and secondly, I was in A Z uh over the weekend. For those little, people who don't know where you are, Arizona. Arizona. Little sunshine, little sunshine, palm trees. Uh, but my buddy, Tim, who watches quite a bit, mm -hmm. seriously, uh, his birthday is coming up. But my shout out is to his wife, Nadine, because she put together months in advance, well, months ago, so months in advance, uh, big party, uh, spring training game. We were all in the outfield. There was like 30 of us, and it was just so much fun. She did a great job. So I just want to shout out to Nadine. And when, when Tim's birthday is here, we'll give him a big shout-out. But uh, way to go, Nadine. Awesome. Yep. So yep. my shout-out, actually, the guy who I'm shouting out is watching, and he just already offered to donate $25, and he doesn't even know what it's for. He just said <laughs> $25. Bucks. So Love it. another shout-out to Mike Cannon, two times for today, I guess. Um, Mike's a buddy of mine. A, he's a Chicago firefighter, so shout-out to him for being a brave guy. He loves Very dogs. His, uh, his Instagram handle is actually tattoos and pit bulls. He's got tattoos and he has pit bulls. Very good. But the shout out is because he got me the tickets that last Friday oh, to go see Conor right. McGregor. I was yeah. begging and pleading and asking everybody if they had a ticket to that closed event and nobody did. Right. And then I got a call from Mike on Friday morning and he said, I know you're a big fan. Um, I have one extra ticket. Would you like to go? I'm like, I'm canceling everything. I'll be there. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Mike. Uh, Mike's going to be on the show with us uh, coming up soon, I think in two months on one of our open spots. Oh, um, but uh, he's got some businesses aside from being a Chicago firefighter. But shout out to Mike. Uh, thank you for uh, getting me the ticket. And thank you for the $25 donation. So now you guys have to beat Mike because he's already at 25 bucks. And, oh, very uh, good. Donate some nice. more money. Cool. Uh, so thanks, buddy. So All right. Shout out. That's a great shout out. Yeah. And Mike, very cool. Look forward to having you on. Yeah. He's also a uh, pro MMA fighter too. So he might Oof. know DC at some point as well. Wow. Mike does a lot of things. Mike's a busy dude. Busy and a dude who loves one. dogs. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Very good. Um, all, right. all right. I'm going to get into our guest because we got 
We business got to, to talk go. about. We got charities to talk about, puppies, and then we're going to show some some dogs yeah, that can we be, are. Uh, adopted. So today we have Heather Owen. She's the executive director of One Tail at a Time. It's a no-kill 501c3, and you're only dogs, correct? So we actually res- rescue kittens, too. Okay, so dogs and kitten rescue. Dogs and kittens. I didn't want to butcher that. <laughs> um, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. So tell me all about One Tail at a Time. I don't want to butcher it. And I'll let you kind of tell us the story of how it started and what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been around for 11 years. Um, Our goal is to get animals out of shelters and into homes. So we want to get pets adopted. We focus on dogs, but um, I think two years ago we started rescuing kittens because we found out that they weren't surviving in shelters just because they're too vulnerable they're young they need really special care so we started a little program for them but the overwhelming majority of our animals are dogs Um, we love dogs we do a lot of big dogs all different breeds all sizes all ages Um, we focus a lot on injured and sick dogs that are coming from the shelters that need a little bit extra medical care we put them in foster homes we have um, right now, I think, over 100 dogs in different foster homes wow. across Chicago. So they're volunteers that open up their hearts and their homes and care for these dogs until they're ready for adoption. And then once that happens, they come to our adoption center. We have a center in Bucktown, um, and people can come in and adopt them and bring home a best friend. Well, good for you guys, and thank you for doing that. I know that the dog homelessness and the dog shelter issue in Chicago is pretty out of hand. Um, There's a huge need for it. How did you get into it? What got you to think, hey, this is what I want to do with uh, my career? So I started as a volunteer, like a lot of people do. Um, I love dogs and have always loved dogs and have always had like a really good personal connection with all my personal dogs. So when I was 21, I got a dog named Walter. He was an old English sheep dog. And I just like, this is my best friend. We did everything together. Um, he was amazing. And um, I decided I wanted to help other dogs. So I stepped foot in the city shelter, Chicago Animal Care and Control. And I was appalled. I just could not believe what I was seeing. And that year, they euthanized over 13,000 animals in the shelter. It's, yeah, it's a number that like still gives me goosebumps. And so I just, I couldn't turn away. I mean, how do you walk out of there and say, oh, okay, that's it. I'm not going to do anything. It's crazy because if you divide that by 365 days, I just thought about that. That's a staggering amount of dog. My math stinks, so I'm not even going to try to figure that out. But it's a right. staggering amount of dogs they have to put dogs and cats that, dogs and cats dogs and cats down. yeah oh. um and that number has gone way way down over the past 11 years and that's because of the efforts of all the nonprofit groups and also the city shelter has really stepped up and taken responsibility and done a lot of really good work so um now the number we're, we're so proud of this is over 91 percent of animals that come in there leave alive wow um, and most of them are leaving through rescue groups and shelters so um you know we we work with a lot of really amazing groups and we do as much as we can to get those animals out alive well, good for you guys. I read on your website that the CACC gets 40,000 calls annually. So they're getting called all day, every single day. Yeah, and they sense. do everything from like wildlife calls to dangerous dog, loose dogs, you know, all sorts of things. So, And they really don't have a huge budget, so they're, they're working hard with what they have. That's awesome. And and I love the background. I mean, I always grew up with dogs. I always tell everybody, some of my non-dog friends make fun of me because they're like, your Instagram stories are all you and your dog on the couch doing the same exact thing. And I'm like, it is my best friend. Yeah. It's my best buddy. He's 10. I take him on a vacation. Everybody laughs too. I take him on one vacation every year. 
in a RV and we go camping somewhere. That's the best. And he's like my best buddy. Um, but you took it, I mean, a huge step further and you made it your career. And I read you were a in law school and a practicing attorney. And this started when you were in law school, which to me as a former law student is crazy. Right. <laughs> um, I think, you know, you in law school, anyone who's ever been in law school or probably any other like professional school, you get so consumed with it. It's like, that's all you do. You have no life outside of it. And I was struggling with that. I needed some sort of connection to the real world. So that's why I wanted to start volunteering. Um, and then I got a little obsessed with it and started my own group. And we started very small. It was like 50 dogs a year we were getting out of the shelters, which was amazing for us. But, you know, it's, it's small potatoes based on what a lot of the other groups were doing. Um, but it just kept growing. And I think that the volunteers and the foster homes and the adopters are absolutely the ones that we can credit to all the growth. Even that, four, that's four dogs a month. I mean, yeah. You guys were a <laughs> dog a week at that point. Yeah. You guys were kicking butt from go. So... If somebody wants to get involved, let's say like on a foster level, let's use that as an example. How do they do that? So on our website, we try to make it so easy because traditionally it hasn't been super easy to get involved. And, you know, you have to pass a background check and have 27 phone calls and someone comes to your house. Like yeah. we try to skip all that because there's too many animals waiting in shelters. We want to make it really easy for people. Um, we also want to make it fun. So on our website, there is a like a form. You fill out a form. We get your information. Someone gives you a call, talks to you a little bit more, answers your questions, and then you get rolling. So we send you a list of dogs that are in need. Um, we work with not only the Chicago shelter, but we work with shelters in Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, um, other Chicago area shelters. And so we have lists and lists of all different types of dogs, puppies, old dogs, big dogs, small dogs, you know, whatever you can think of. And you choose who you want to take in and foster. And then the foster period can be anywhere from like two weeks, um, super easy, healthy dogs. You just give them a place to rest before they could get spayed or neutered. Or it could be longer if it's a sick dog or a dog that has some behavior issues or maybe is a little bit nervous. Um, so it's based on what you can give. Sure. And the sick dogs, obviously, being around other sick dogs make them more sick. So that's probably a big, big need to get those dogs at least in a house isolated away from other other dogs typically, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the city shelters, um, we have a problem in all of our city shelters where um, there's like upper respiratory diseases. So like canine coughs and things like that that go around. And so any animal going in there is exposed to them. So to get them out, we need to put them somewhere safe away from other animals. Because the last sure. thing we want to do is like cause a problem with people's animals and, and spread a sickness. So um, two years ago, we started a program specifically for that. Like, let's let's get these guys some exposure. Let's talk to people about this, and let's tell them how they can save their lives. So we call that our ISO program, our isolation program. And we have a little interim shelter where they come from the city shelter, or like our, there's a south side intake shelter we work with. They go to our interim shelter. They get started on medication. Our volunteers get to know them, and then they get to go to foster homes that don't have other pets. Great. And how do you guys figure out which cases to take? Because obviously you have to balance that with how many people can help, right? Yeah. So how do you guys like? How do you guys look for the cases? I'm just curious about that one. Um, there's no shortage. shortage <laughs> there's yeah. no so um, we're barraged every day. You know, we get emails from every shelter begging us to help, and it's it's rough. That's like the hardest part of the job. Imagine. We have two people that do the intake, and they're just they're made of steel, man. Like oh. that's I'm like. Every time I get one of those emails, I'm like, we'll take them all. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's like the, um. it's like the, uh, 
the commercial. Like you see it, you're like, oh, I want them all. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, they're all great dogs yeah. in some way. And some of them, you know, need a little bit more shining and work around the edges, but they're all great dogs and they all really need us. So we take as many as we possibly can with the resources we have. We don't ever want to overload ourselves. We pay all of our vet bills on time. We don't, we put one dog in each foster home. We never have too many dogs, more dogs than kennels we have for. So we, we try to do it very responsibly and reasonably while also pushing because we want to take more. Right. Every day we want to take more. <laughs> and for those of you listening, the more people help them out, the more they're able to take people. So if there's more kennels because you guys have donated, they can take in more dogs. If there's more exactly. foster people, they can take in more dogs. If they have more money to provide food, and I'm guessing food and everything is also kind of a, uh, a necessity. Do you guys on the website also just take donations? So if somebody wants to just go donate, they can and then figure out where that need is for the money. Yeah, so there's a lot of ways you can help. And um, if you want to donate supplies, we have an Amazon wish list. So awesome. it's so easy. You can just, you know, go on your Amazon Prime and send us some dog bones or treats or something like that. And that helps so much. Um, but if you, if there's a particular thing you like, so if you like senior dogs, you can send us some money to save some senior dogs. If you like the kittens, we have our kitten program. So you can donate Paula, just for that. In my <laughs> office, our, our uh, office managing broker slash partner, she... Um, Loves cats. So Paula, when you watch it, she watches. <laughs> There's a lot of kittens. Yeah, can absolutely. She, can she foster them? We tease her. She's the crazy. We tease that she's the crazy cat lady right. in the office. Did she take like five more cats? Yeah. Um, we yes, we absolutely need kitten fosters, and these are like sometimes they're like two days old. So it's a lot of work, and it, yeah. but it's so rewarding to watch them go from like tiny little things that don't even look yeah. like animals to, to adorable kittens that are ready for homes. I'm allergic, so that I okay. definitely can't do. No but kittens. Paula and Leela, and there's a couple of people in our office who are uh, definite, definite cat ladies. Uh, we might have some cat guys, too. That I shouldn't say just cat ladies. But you guys take on some kittens. Yeah, there's something for everyone. I love guilting people, especially with this today. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start calling. I, I've never done this where I call people out, but I'm going to start calling them all out. So you guys... So they can go on the website, they can donate, they can they have Amazon lists, and they can definitely foster any other way. You know, you guys are transporting dogs and uh, maybe kittens from out of town. How do you guys get them from, let's say, Alabama to here? And um, so we have it's actually very sophisticated, like the transportation routes that shelters and rescues have figured out. Um, we've come a long way from like the stereotype of you know, crazy dog ladies or crazy cat ladies. Yeah. Like it's, it's very professional and sophisticated. And so, um, they have transport programs set up and there's, va they'll like f fill a van full of animals wow. and then drive them over. So, um, there's some of them where we have to meet them halfway and some of them where they come directly to us, but they've already been fostered. They've already had their vet care and they're just looking for a chance in somewhere that has a better adoption area than the Southern States. And, and big cities, I'm guessing that's what they look for, like a Chicago or a New York. Yeah, I mean, anywhere that has more adopters than animals um, or anywhere where, like, it's more progressive areas where people are, like, the default is to adopt instead of mm -hmm. go to a pet store or, or backyard breed or something like that. Yeah, a lot of adopt, don't shop. And yeah. the puppy mill thing, I'm, I'm glad that people are starting to crack down on these things and they're, they're starting to stop these things. Cause you see the stories on social, you guys probably see a lot of it, but we see it when it gets to social media and it's absolutely deplorable, disgusting what yeah. they do. Do you guys get a lot of that still happening or are they cracking um, down and it's decreasing? So they are cracking down, but it's still an epidemic. It's still a huge problem. Um, in Chicago, we actually have 
a law where pet stores can't sell animals from puppy mills. Great. Um, they can only sell them from shelters or rescues. Now, there's a couple that are still open that have found some loopholes that aren't wonderful, um, but the majority of them have either gone humane and started like, rescuing animals or have just closed that part of their business. We still will take in um, like the moms and dads from puppy mills that have gotten busted or closed down, and the condition that the animals are in is is always like even after eleven years, it's always shocking to me how bad it is. It, every time I see one of those things, I cringe and I like I get so angry to see it. It's like by this point in time, that stuff, that crap, should not exist anymore. Yeah, so many dogs that need homes. No, for sure, and we have like such amazing power as consumers, you know, we can choose to support humane models of um, acquiring animals. And it's just the reality is you cannot go to a pet store and get an animal that was raised humanely or, you know, that their parents aren't being tortured somewhere um, unless they're one that gets animals from real rescues and shelters. So um, definitely that's a, a great way to help us is to be an advocate and to talk to people about that and to remind them, like, don't go buy your dog. Don't go to a breeder. Don't go to a pet store. You can, There's so many rescues and shelters, and there's a different breed of dog or type of dog, and, I'll like, whatever you're looking for, we'll find it. <laughs> awesome. And you guys, I saw on the website, you can get groups to come and volunteer too? Yeah, so our volunteer program is um, we don't do a lot of groups. So if you have a company that wants to give a donation, we'll do a volunteer group. But typically, um, it's individuals who go through like a volunteer orientation. And again, it's super easy. It's it's painless. You go through the orientation, and then you sign up whenever you feel like coming in and playing with dogs. <laughs> so you just come in and play? Basically. I mean, you have to clean kennels, too, so yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of work. <laughs> but um, the majority of what our volunteers do is socialize our dogs and keep them happy and healthy. So we have a nice big fenced in yard with like a nice turf and benches and stuff. So you just go out and hang out with dogs. It's really fun. It like that just changes your day. We made our office dog friendly so agents can always bring their dogs in and Mm -hmm. all the dogs, most of them get along. Um, And it's it's taken the mood of our office when we did that a few years ago a hundred notches people coming up (laughs) into the office and there's we have Winnie and Meatball are always there. They're little Frenchies, but they run around and everybody's just playing with them and the mood just elevates. And so Laura, who's watching, um, maybe we do main street cares there. We'll go clean some kennels. I'm going to hit you up after this about that because our office became dog friendly and we just realized it's the dog owners clean up after their dogs so that we don't have any issues, but the dogs literally uplift the mood every single day. Absolutely. Um, okay. So volunteer foster donate Amazon wish lists, John, do you want to run some of these dogs? Because I want to, I want to badger <laughs> some of these folks for some donations. Should we? Sh- are you queued up for that? Yeah, I to can, be able uh, to do it. Yeah, I can have us up and up and running in one quick second. So, um, well, we'll keep chatting. Let me know when when it's up. No, I'll I'll have are us. We ready? So I'm going to tell everybody uh, today. We were talking uh, quite a bit back and forth, Heather and I, via email. And I had taken a look at the website, and I knew that there was, I mean, just, fa- you, you know, you fall in love just looking at these pictures. And I wanted to make sure that we uh, had a chance to show off, feature uh, three or four dogs. So, yeah, the first one I'm going to put on screen, and I'm going to have, you guys can 
kind of talk through it, but tell us a little bit, if you would, uh, about spicy tostada. <laughs> it's an adorable. When I went on the website and I looked, that first of all, that name sticks out. Second of all, it's an adorable dog. Right, They're right. the cutest. So those are our Taco Bell puppies. Okay. Um, they all had a different Taco Bell themed name. Okay. So, Perfect. Um, I think there's two of them left. The rest have been adopted, and there's two available. They look like beagle mixes. We're not quite sure what their breed is. They're mutts, but um, they're super sweet, super playful, and fun. And um, they need homes. So they're going to be at our adoption center starting, I believe, Friday evening. So if you're interested, you could go on our website, look at their pictures, read their bios. And then if that's a match for you, you can put in an application and someone will be in touch. And how old are they? I think they're like somewhere between three and four months old. So they're still quite young. Little puppies. Yeah. (laughs) So what I'm going to ask everybody who is actually watching or listening right now is, there is a way to sponsor the adoption fee of all of these dogs. When we get to the last one, who's a senior, we're going to kind of talk about how the seniors right now have a little bit of a, uh, an adoption special. But we have three other dogs, and I'm going to ask everybody who's watching now or is watching later when we're not live to help me get to the dollar amount that sponsors the adoption fee. And correct me if I'm butchering the term of art here mm-hmm. for these next three dogs. So I will personally sponsor half of it. So you guys just got to make up the other half. So it's, I think, 950 bucks for those three because they vary. Okay, so I got half, which is my math, again, stinks, 475. So for the rest of you guys watching, and Mike did 25, so we're at 500. So Mm -hmm. we need 450 bucks more from everybody watching so that these three dogs, their sponsorship can... Um, their adoption can be sponsored. So whoever adopts them doesn't have to actually pay the adoption fee. Yeah. And and that's a, thank you. First of all, that's amazing. And so generous. Um, that's a great way to like get your favorite dog adopted to help move them to the front of the line. Um, and then it's nice because the adopters can then take that money and go spend it on treats and food and dog beds and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, so please, everybody watching, I, I see some of my dog lover friends, and they may be watching at work, and we'll chime in later, but let's get all these dogs. Spicy Tostada was the first one. <laughs> um, let's get their adoption fee sponsored so that they can uh, they can go quickly into their forever homes. So who's next? All righty. So I'm going to put up on the screen. I guess it's just names that just jumped out at me, but we're going to take a quick look at a dog named Smiles because he or she made me smile. There we go. So tell us a little yeah, bit about, tell me smiles, about smiles, please. Um, well, he actually does smile, which like okay. you can see in his photos, he always has like a different goofy smile on his face. Um, he's about a year old and medium sized dog. He's a mixed breed. Um, most of the dogs, we don't really know what their breeds are. So we just call them mutts. Um, super sweet, super dog friendly, kind of lights up around other dogs, loves people, but he's very shy. Okay. So he's going to need a home that can help him get used to like city noises and city life. But um, he's a good boy. Well, or a suburban home for or all my suburban, suburban buddies <laughs> watching. Um, so we got Susan did 50 more. So we're at 550. Look at oh, that. Thank look you, at Susan. that. Thanks. Sir. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. She says, how do I pay? I think if you guys go on to uh, One Tail at a Time's website. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to yeah. guess. Is that a way to do it? Yeah, it's onetail.org, um, and you'll see the donate button, so you can just donate through that button, and we'll keep track. 
Perfect. Yeah, keep track. And uh, for all of you who are pledging, we'll just shake you down if you don't do it. <laughs> Heather will let me know. And we'll find you. <laughs> except you, Mike Cannon. I can't really shake you down. So, <laughs> But Mike is good for it. So Sherry said, what a great idea, Mo. Sherry's a dog lover. She's got two German Shepherds and lives in the suburbs. And I know she's always helping animals out. Awesome. Um, all right. So Smiles. I love yep. that name. And I love that he actually smiles. He does. Very, and we very got uh, 25 from Tim in Arizona. So Timmy. Timmy, you, you got a shout out earlier and with a birthday coming up. So happy birthday soon. Yep. Thank you for that. So Thank you, Tim. All right. So next on the list of cuties, we have Dioji, which I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dog's name? Dioji. Dioji. So please Dioji. go go ahead and tell us about Dioji. Sure. So he is just under a year old. So he's still a puppy. Um, but he's old enough that he's got the house breaking down and the crate training and all that good stuff. Super friendly, super dog friendly. He's a medium sized dog, um, super social. He's an easy one. So if you're like a first time dog owner and are looking for a great dog, he would be a good one. Awesome. And Sherry did 50. She says, I'm going to one tail.org right now. Wow. Thank you, so. Sherry. Now, now I can't add it all up. John, you're going to have to help me with that. <laughs> I lost it at this point. Well, Tim said, we'll, thank you for we'll taking care little, of the dogs. We'll, we'll tally, tally at the end, and yeah. then I'll shake everybody down in the comment section. Later. <laughs> um, all right, good. So we got a shy one. We got a smiley one, or a smiley one, a well more well-adjusted one, I guess. And right. then we have a little puppy, right. spicy tostada. <laughs> I'm actually, I just put DOG back up for a quick second, and it's the last picture and you even made mention mention something about <laughs> not wanting to be confused with a cow. And there was a picture <laughs> of D.O.G. next to a, a cow. And it just made me laugh outside. So I just, I had to show it again. Yeah. All right. Oh, you did awesome, buddy. Okay. You have a lot of their photos going up. I wasn't yeah. watching the actual screen, but yeah, we've got, yeah. I'm delayed in what I can see here right. to what everybody else oh, yeah, sees. Yeah. But now yeah. I can see all the cute photos going up. <laughs> and Thank you for that, buddy. So... Last, last but not least. Last but not least. And this yeah. uh, this dog's name is Thelma. Mm -hmm. And I know that Thelma's a little bit older than the uh, previous three. And I know there's a special situation going on. So we're going to have you tell us a little about Thelma and what you guys have going on. Absolutely. So Thelma is somewhere between like 10 and 12, maybe 13 years old. She's a chocolate lab. Um, she's gorgeous. She has um, a gray face. We call it sugar on their face. So she's got a little splash of sugar. Um, she's awesome. And she is a senior dog, but she does not act like it, especially if you have a tennis ball out. She, like, and throw that tennis ball. You will see her run for that, and she will want to play. Um, she likes to eat. So she's a girl after my own heart for sure. That's, that's good. Um, and she's a total sweetheart and she's part of our senior weekend. So actually today through Sunday, senior dogs adoption fees are waived. So they get to go home for free. And we have several of them ranging in age from seven and up and different sizes and breeds and um, personalities. And they're all awesome. And if Thelma doesn't make it, into adoption by Sunday and there's a fee, I'll cover Thelma's fee because Yay. that's adorable. I I hate knowing that my dog's a senior now, as bad as that sounds, because mm -hmm. at 10, he, I guess he is a senior. Um, but the same way, he just is so playful. When people come over, they're like, is he three or four? And I'm like, look at his whiskers. They're getting, they're getting gray. He's, <laughs> he's 10. Um, but I love that she's still active and mine's an eater too. So yeah. <laughs> good, good for Thelma. And it makes it... 
it almost breaks my heart more. And I bet this it's tougher sometimes to get the older dogs adopted than puppies because, you know, puppies are smaller and cute and little and certain yeah. people, you know, as time goes on, do you find that it's tougher to get the senior dogs adopted? It is. Um, I think that especially like a larger senior dog can be difficult. The puppies go very quickly and which is great. And that's something that we've seen happen over the years is that we're, we're, it's easier to adopt out dogs in general. But the seniors are still like they take a little bit longer. But I think that people are starting to realize that a senior dog means a little bit more chill. They'll yeah, hang relax. out on the couch mm-hmm. a little bit more. They, they'd rather a, a nice stroll around the neighborhood instead of a run. So I think people are starting to come around on that and really like the idea of having a senior pup. Yeah, and and to be honest, my dog's so much easier now as a senior than he was as a puppy. Yeah, he's very well. He's a German Shepherd, so he's he's pretty smart. But as a puppy, he chewed all my walls as far up as his head could go. <laughs> he chewed all my baseboards, and he ate every single item of clothing my ex girlfriend had. He ate a string of Christmas lights one day. I mean. Anything he could eat, he ate. Yeah. And now as a senior, that's never going to happen. He's just kind of mellowed out. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they are who they are at that point. And most of them are housebroken and crate trained and just like have their routine. And they're just looking for someone uh, to live out their golden years with. And for those of you who have senior dogs, please don't give them up for adoption. Keep no, them. Please don't. Yeah. That just, uh, to me, that whole like uh, you get a dog for Christmas and then you give it up thing, that drives me nuts every time I see that. Like you got a dog, it's a fan. To me at least, and I, I'm sure to you and John and everybody else watching, a dog is a family member. You just don't give them up. You know, I know yeah. the circumstances happen. Things happen Absolutely. in families. That stuff does happen. But if you're going to make the effort to go get a dog, and this is for anybody who wants to foster or get a dog, make sure you definitely need to go get a dog and it's something you really want to do because they're with you for a long time. Yeah. And so we were just talking about this the other day, you know, a lot of people come to us wanting a specific type of dog and usually people want well-trained dogs. And the reality is that most of them can be well-trained with just a little bit of effort. So we love when people come to us and say that they want to go to a training class or work on a one-on-one session with a trainer, because that's going to help you bond with your animal, but it's also going to help you get the behaviors that you want out of them. And dogs are so intelligent. I think people get them as puppies and they're like, oh, I just taught him how to sit and now he's okay and he knows how to you know, pee or go, go to the bathroom outside. If you spend a little bit of time training any, almost any breed of dog, they're super intelligent. You can make it so that for the next 10, 15, how, 18 years, I've seen dogs go pretty old, you're going to have somebody who is a great companion for you. But people get dogs and then sometimes it's inexperience, sometimes it's laziness. They don't really train them at all. Yeah, you got to put some effort into to these guys. They deserve it. Yeah, they really do. Um, okay, awesome. And how many dogs do you guys have for adoption? I know we named four, but you said... Um, I don't know how many we have adoption. Maybe somewhere around 30 for adoption right okay. now. We have 150 in our care okay. at any given time, and then they just sort of cycle through. So if you go to our website and you look at the available dogs and you don't see one that you like come back in a couple days because we put new dogs up every couple days. Okay, great. So it's pretty, your site moves pretty quickly. It does. Okay. Um, Again, for those of you who may have just chimed in because people jump in and out, go back a little bit in the video feed. John put up four dogs that we spoke about. We're trying to get these four dogs, um, their adoption fees sponsored, and we're quite a good way towards that dollar amount that we want. So keep donating, whether it's five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks. 500 bucks, do whatever you guys can. (laughs) Please, let's get these dogs sponsored. Any events coming up for you guys? Yeah, um, so we have an event that I'm actually putting on 
personally for one tail. It's called the Big Dog Brunch. Okay. Um, I love big dogs, so I figured um, if anyone wants a chance to come and like meet a huge Saint Bernard, a hundred and thirty pound Great Pyrenees, or we have like a Great Dane mix. Um, my dog, who's a Great Pyrenees Saint Bernard mix, will be there. How big is he? Um, he's ninety five right now, but he's still growing. Okay. So we'll see how boy. big he gets. Um, but it's a brunch and it's an open bar, and there'll be tons of food, and there's like VIP swag bags and raffles and stuff like that. That's on um, March 31st, and on our website, you can go and take a look at what that. What day of the week is that? It's a Sunday. Okay, I'm going to, if I'm around on that day, can people bring big dogs? Or have um, you, like, set the big dogs already? So if you have a big rescue dog and you want to bring them, just send me a note, and okay, cool. we can chat. I love big, my, my German Shepherd's oversized. He's a uh, 130 pounds. So oh, my he's, gosh. He's gigantic. That's huge. Yeah, I'll show you pictures after the show. His head is, like. That's hey, amazing. He's a, big, he's a big boy. Yeah. Where Where is it at? Where's um, it taking place? It's at a place called Chicago Vintage Weddings. It's a, a little event space in Pilsen. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah okay. it's, it's a really cool space. And it's, you know, you, it's an opportunity for people to lay on the ground and be smothered by large dogs. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and everybody loves big dogs, especially yeah. like gigantic puffy dogs. Yeah. You're talking about some big puffy dogs, which are really cool. And for all my short people my size go take photos with them they're good photo ops too maggie said can you put them back up yeah i was just gonna say that i'm gonna while you two are talking and i I have a quick question for you but uh while you're answering i'm gonna roll off four again so give me one quick second let me get spicy queued up here uh so my question I know, Mo, you probably know all about this, but I learned a lot just by speaking with you when we first connected, Heather. Um, what exactly is fostering? How do you get involved as far as like, I just, I, I found it fascinating. And I think there are people out there that might want to learn a little bit more rather than just the adoption because I've, I've never owned a dog. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess, a great way for people to bring a dog in and see if they really are dog people. So it's kind of both it's good on both sides of the coin. So how does how do people good go question. about that? I, I took that one for granted. You're right, because I've been around it so much. But right. great question. Yeah, so um, what fostering is, is when people open up their homes and care for um, dogs that will be available for adoption for a certain amount of time. So sometimes the dogs will come to us and it's two weeks. So that gives us two weeks to make sure they're healthy get them all their vaccines, learn about them a little bit, um, help them get used to a crate or walking on a leash. And then um, we set their spay or neuter appointment and then they get spayed or neutered, they get their microchip, they get the rest of their vaccines and then they're available for adoption. Um, At that point, they go to our adoption center. So the foster's job in that situation is just to help us get them ready and give us a place to make sure that they're healthy and socialize them a little bit with other dogs and people. a lot of people do it to try to find a dog or to see if they're ready to adopt a dog. So yeah, right. great point. Um, there's people that'll come to us and they're first time dog owners and they're nervous and we'll suggest fostering first to like get a feel. Um, and every dog is different and that's part of the fun of doing rescue is like every single, like we're going to rescue over 900 dogs this year and every one of them Good is going to have guys. a different personality and yep. that's so fun. So, um, we tell people that are like waiting to find their perfect dogs, just foster some and we guarantee you'll find one that you love. So we have, uh, we call them foster fails. So, and they're not really fails. They're, they're celebrations, but the people that are mean to give them up for adoption, but end up keeping them. So yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, 
we do have other foster homes that take in animals that we know are going to be a little bit harder or a little bit longer. So those are the dogs that maybe have um, an upper respiratory infection or need a surgery. We get a lot of puppies um, surviving parvovirus, which is a deadly disease that they get. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the really young kittens that need longer to, to grow up and get healthy. And so that's a little bit longer of a commitment. It could be you know anywhere from one to three months, sometimes even longer if it's a dog with some behavioral issues. But the nice thing about working with one tail at a time is it's free. So we provide all of the supplies, all of the food, all of the vet care. We also have a really awesome volunteer base. So if you work a really long hours and your dog needs a walk during the day, sometimes our volunteers will go and walk the dog for you during the day or drive them to their vet appointment or to an adoption appointment. So if you don't have a car, you don't have to worry about it. So we we make it very, very easy. You just have to love the dog. That's it. So for those of you who want to volunteer, there's a lot of different ways to volunteer, too, because there's so many different ways that you guys. Maggie said she wants all four. Maggie, (laughs) you can take all four. Um, I don't know how a senior and a spicy tostada and then the other two will be home together, but good luck. Can we Um, try one at a time first? But no, it's uh, I'm glad, John, you asked that because I I did take that for granted because we fostered and we've, you know, Mm. I, I bought a dog from a homeless guy on a street one time who really like yeah this pretty crazy story years ago we were on michigan avenue and i saw this guy and he had this puppy with him and it was licking an empty sweet and sour packet and my buddy matt has the dog now and still has his name's enzo and uh i knew he's using this dog to get tips i've seen homeless guys have dogs that they've had forever and that's their uh, their best buddy sure so we walked by and I gave him a $20 bill and we kept walking. And then my ex said, that dog, he's going to ditch that dog as soon as like, it's not cute anymore. Yeah. So I went back. She said, let's go back and get the dog if we can. So I went back and I said, hey, buddy. I said, you know, we're looking for a dog. Can I buy this dog from you? He goes, well, how much do you want to buy it for? So I'll give you a hundred bucks. Just can I take the dog? He goes, no. Hmm. And I was like, I'll give you 200 bucks. And he goes, no. And I walk away kind of angry at that. Right. And my ex was like, well, you gave him 20 bucks. There's a lot of guys like you walking down Michigan Avenue doing that. So he's thinking he's going to make more money. Sure. And he told us he was a train jumper. So he goes from place to place jumping trains. And, says, and you could tell the dog was going to be bigger. So right. as soon as this dog can't jump a train with him, he's just going to let this dog go. So I got in my car. She starts crying, says, that dog's going to die someday. You have to go back. And I was like, oh. so mm. I go back and he's gone and I'm like oh no so I'm literally doing like a loop Wabash to Michigan Wabash to Michigan Wabash to Michigan and I see guys holding signs that were similarly mm. dressed and the signs look similar mm. I was like do you have a friend with a dog he goes yeah he's like at Wabash whenever I go back and I was like I really want to buy this dog 300 bucks he goes no I go and I got, yeah. I got really irritated I go listen <laughs> I'm going to give you $400 for this dog please give me this dog you're not going to be able to take care of this dog as soon as it gets a little right. bit older please just give me the dog right and uh, got the dog and called my sister and I called my mom and my sister's a vet. And I said, I got this dog and it probably needs some care. And can you take care of it? So my sister, sure. you know, helped out and my mom helped out. And uh, my buddy, Matt, uh, he, he's had the dog now for nine years, Enzo, and they're in California and go hiking. So it's, um, awesome. yeah, awesome it's like, uh, it's just you can impact the lives of these dogs, but it's, you connect so quickly. So John, I think you're going to foster a dog and I think immediately you're going to fall in love. That was always oh, the yeah. hardest thing for me. Fostering was you foster them and they just connect with you. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. And that's why so many people adopt them. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't tell my stories a lot on the show, but that was like when you were coming on, I was driving over here and I said, uh, Matt watches the show sometimes and uh, you can impact so much for not just the dog when you're fostering, but even if you do give the foster up to somebody else who adopts that dog, hmm. you allowing that ability for somebody else to now have a, a companion for the rest of their lives. It, it changes their lives completely. Yeah. Um, so please foster, keep donating. Sure. For those of you that keep chiming <laughs> in, look back. We have some donations we're asking you guys for. Yep. Uh, okay, so we have that event coming up. Do you guys have events on your website that you guys kind of put out consistently? Yeah, we do events all the time. And, you know, they're sometimes they're just laid back, like happy hour things or bigger fundraisers throughout the year. So um, if you sign up for our email list on our website, that's a really easy way to stay in touch with us and see everything we're doing. Social media too? Where can we follow you guys? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at, at one tail at a time. Okay. Twitter, same handle. Facebook, same handle. Awesome. And we're active on all of them. So you can, if you need an escape and need to look at some cute pictures of puppies, we try not to make it super sad we try to make it yeah. a, a joyful experience so um you can check us out and look at some pups so we always ask this of everybody that comes on the show we want kind of like a piece of advice for entrepreneurs or business owners you're running a an incredible charity but also a very hectic business i mean yeah. what you guys do is it's constantly dynamic um do you have any advice for somebody who's looking to get into business? It could be to get into charity business, to the um, rescue business, or just to be an entrepreneur in general. Um, yeah, of course. So I ran this organization for over seven years while doing my full-time job. So I had two full-time jobs. And your full-time job was to be an attorney, which yeah. is not easy. So, you know, I'd be like waiting to get called for a motion, texting about a puppy in the ER. So <laughs> it was, it didn't work out great, but you know, I worked really, really hard and I did not get paid for um, that job for over seven years. So eventually I worked so hard that it, the organization did really well and I was able to change my career. So I think a lot of it was dedication, working hard and staying with it. So that's a huge piece of advice is, is um, do the work. You know, nothing, nothing's gonna get handed to you. And if you have the best idea in the world or are doing the best things in the world, you, you gotta work for it. Yeah. Um, my other piece of advice is to get help. So especially if you're running a nonprofit, um, I get a lot of the credit for what One Tail at a Time does, but it is like, by no means just me. It is an army of people. So we have a board of directors, an amazing staff, and just like incredible, wonderful volunteers who are so compassionate and so good at what they do. So being able to let go and allow people to give us a piece of themselves to make this organization work has been the best thing ever. That's great. And you guys probably have so much passion in what you guys do. I mean, I appreciate the advice and, you know, the team always helps businesses and entrepreneurs go so far. I can only imagine that when you guys get these stories of these dogs coming in or the emails and they come in, I can imagine that the passion behind what you guys do is at such a high level. Yeah. And I mean, it's very rewarding to, to watch, to be able to um, change a dog's lives. Like ju mm -hmm. just what you said, like you can have an incredible impact on an animal's lives, but also on a person's life by helping them find their best friend. Um, so that's so rewarding. Like, and it, you kind of get a high off of it and it's like, I don't want to stop doing that. It feels so good. And it, it, it's such, it's so incredible to watch that happen. So if you've never had a dog or a pet in general, once you get one, and I, I think John's going to feel it when he has one too, 
it changes your life. My, my two yeah. best friends, I'm traveling with them tomorrow. John and Sean got a dog. My dog's name is Maverick, and they got a dog and named a goose after Top Gun. That's amazing. <laughs> so uh, they actually stole it from me because I wanted a Maverick and a goose to myself, but their goose is adorable. And we're at the gym, and he said to me, he goes, I honestly don't know how I went 30 years without having a dog. He goes, I, I, I'll never not be able yeah. to have one now. And he's like, when I go home, it's my favorite thing is to be around my dog. He goes, I just, I knew you always were like that because I had dogs growing up. My parents had dogs. But I think if you've never fostered, and I think you guys, John and you did a really good job on that question. I think if you've never fostered a dog before and you've never had one, do it because I think it's going, it's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. I, I assure you of that. Yeah. And I think Chicago is a, a great place to have a dog. Um, especially in the winters, like I bought snow pants and now I go for hikes with my dogs yeah. in the winters where, where previously I would have been holed up in, in my apartment. So, um, it, it changes your life in so many ways. What kind of, oh, well, we know one kind one of your dogs. Do you have more, you have more than one dog? Um, so I have one dog, um, his name is Trout and he's, I think a great Pyrenees okay. St. Bernard mix. I used to have an old English sheepdog mix, Rudy. That was, I call him my heart dog. Cause he yeah. was like the dog that that really got me and yeah. and totally changed my life yeah um well your dog now trout trout must love the snow and the cold he because that's it. he's got the fur for yeah. it. like mine loves it he doesn't love the heat that much mm -hmm. un unless i got the sprinklers on but when it's snowing he doesn't want to come in he right. just rolls on. he's like the opposite <laughs> of me i'm like hey buddy we gotta go inside yeah i'm freezing <laughs> you got fur but he just loves being outside but it's such an active city in general, Chicago. So summer, winter, there's so many things to do. We got doggy beaches. The there's beach, so yeah. many trails you can go on, whether you're in the suburbs or in the city. There's so many things you can do with your dog. Absolutely, and I mean, there's some there's dog friendly bars and patios and festivals, and we put on dog friendly events all the time. Like we have an annual gala every year in November. It's November 22nd this year, and you can get dressed up in you know suit or a dress and and bring your your dog to be at a fancy gala with you. you. Dress up like your dog. Yeah. That's, that's can match. <laughs> Maybe I'll do fun. that. Matching suits. Yeah. Maverick and I'll come in some tuxedos. Um, <laughs> so John John said that we're 250 bucks away from hitting our goal. Very so cool. for, for those of ish. you guys, 250 ish, ish. John's math sucks too. Um, for those of you watching or will watch later because we get a lot of post-show watches, um, comment how much you guys want to donate. Obviously go to uh, One Tail's site donate it and then we're going to get to that number for sure I, I i will if i call mom or dad we'll get to that number <laughs> but we'll make that be above and beyond our our listeners right now um you're obviously very busy and we asked this of all of our guests too what do you do outside of work other than um, dog stuff oh yeah so more dog stuff no yeah. <laughs> um i have a book club so okay. i i read books and hang out with my friends um I am not as exciting as I used to be now that I'm, you know, entering my late thirties. So, um, but yeah, the, the book club and I spend a lot of time outdoors, um, with my dog. That's like, that's, that's my favorite awesome. thing. So, so John's other question that he wanted me to ask you was for a book advice. Cause we always ask that I read a lot. John reads a lot. We always think that, uh, entrepreneurs are typically good readers um, and they continue their education and reading. I always said law school, I hated reading because I was reading that crap that right. we had to read. Yeah. Then I got out and now I read so much. Any book recommendations? Um, always. Probably have a lot. So, yeah. Um, so the, the book I tell everyone to, to read is um, Kafka's The Trial. 
And that was the book that made me quit my career and do what I love. Okay. So, and it's, you know, it's not like an inspiring tale. It's a, a work of fiction. It's absurdist fiction. And it sort of follows this guy as he navigates um, the the court system and it's insane and to me I was like I'm reading this absurdist novel and it mirrors exactly what my life was like in like actual at like the daily center or wherever I was yeah. going um, so it, it that book changed my life okay yeah and for I have a lot of lawyer friends a lot of you sit at the daily center all day so you're gonna love that my yeah. attorney Tim was there earlier today <laughs> Tim don't read that book and quit I need you buddy please <laughs> everybody except for Tim read it have you ever read the book uh, Art of Racing in the Rain I haven't okay so it's I race cars it's has a little bit to do about cars but it really is the relationship of that man and his dog oh, and how cool. he goes through his life struggles and I've cried in one book and it was that <laughs> one and then Marley and me as a movie and I was gonna Lion say King. of course you Marley and me Marley and then and Lion King and now they're recreating Lion King so You're gonna yeah that's gonna be a tough soon. one <laughs> um but the Art of Racing the Rain is a really good book. It's my actual favorite book to read. I read a lot of nonfiction, like motivation books. Yeah. It's my favorite book to read, and they're coming out with a movie okay. about it this summer, and um, Patrick Dempsey's like the star role in it. Okay, cool. So it's coming out, so that's a good one for me. Yeah, great. I almost never give book recommendations, but it's back to our guests, yeah. but it's a dog-friendly book. You should read it too, John. I, I will. I, <laughs> I have nothing going on, so yeah. I'll just stop what I'm doing and no, start Audible, reading. you're always in the car, too. You're like me. I've, I've, I've actually read Reddit. I think mm. I'd probably listen to it on Audible. Maybe I'll do that when I'm flying. Um, people who are watching, again, we're 250 bucks away. Please mm -hmm. do us a favor and get to that $250. Um, so we have the event coming up on the 31st. Any other event planned yet, or should we just stay tuned? Um, stay tuned, but can I mention another program? We yeah, do? I so, want you to mention okay. anything and everything <laughs> sure. you can. If I I've think, missed um, anything, throw it all in. It's, it's sort of come up a few times in, in passing this program we have. So it's called CRISP. It's, um, it stands for the Chicagoland Rescue Intervention and Support Program. And it's a coalition of nine different rescues and shelters in Chicago, and we're one of them. Um, and what we do is we go to animal control and we assist people that are giving up their pets. So what we found when we were there is that most people coming in to surrender their animals don't want to be doing that. And there, of course, there are some that shouldn't have pets or, you know, don't want them or can't have them. But there are so many that just need a little bit of help. So the goal of this program is to help those people so those pets can stay in the homes that already love them and we don't overcrowd our shelter. So we're there Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so four days a week. And when people come in, the first thing we do is we ask them, what can we do to help you keep your pet? That's and so wonderful. it could be anything from a spay-neuter surgery, a training session, or like a major surgery. But we've kept thousands of pets out of shelter, uh, the shelter. Oh, that's wonderful. That's yeah, it's awesome. pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit on that, there, there's also in real estate, I've had people reach out and say, well, I have to give up my dog because I can't find a place for it now. Yeah. If any of you, we have a list of dog-friendly um, apartment buildings and condos that we have. If you guys ever are watching and you need a dog-friendly building, reach out. We have people that know the dog-friendly buildings because it's crazy. Uh, first of all, I think it's crazy. That's not an excuse. If you have a dog and you need to move, well, then move to a building that it's looks tough. like a dog. It's tough, and like, especially with the lower-income neighborhoods, um, 
it, it's hard to it's find hard. affordable housing and be able to move with your pet. So that's something that um, I think Chicago needs to work on in general. Yep. Um, and the other thing we see so much is like breed bands. Um, yeah, the bully like breed You can't bands. have your pit bull or German shepherds yep. even or weight limits. And that's just, it's punishing some really incredible dog owners and it's, it's just not fair. And I hate to see like these huge new developments pop up and you know, my neighborhood and then to hear that they have breed bands. It's just not fair. It drives me crazy because some of the sweetest dog, my dog is an absolute sweetheart. I'm biased. He's a German (laughs) shepherd. No, but no, I mean, he really is like everybody who meets him always says like, I miss your dog, not you so much. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. But he's a, he's a sweetheart. Every pit bull I've met has been sweet. Rottweilers, Dobermans. And when I was leaving my condo to move to the suburbs, I was doing some work in my home and I had to find a place to just stay for 60 days. And I had never felt it myself, but I'd call and I, I would say, hey, listen, I got a big dog. He's a German Shepherd. Sorry, we don't accept that breed. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? And I, then I was trying to Airbnb and a lot of people were like, well, we can't accept a German Shepherd. And I was like, this is insane to me. I mean, I've seen little dogs that are mean. I've had ankle biters, you know, who, who have uh, bit, my sister bit me. Um, and it, it's not aggression's not breed specific. It absolutely isn't. And there I mean there's like scientific peer reviewed yeah. studies that show us this. So um at this point there's there's no reason to do it and there's so many studies that show that breed bands no matter where aren't effective. So yeah. it's it's just it's silly at this point. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Chicago really should do a better job of that because it's such a great city with like you said so many dog friendly spots, the yeah. patios, the lakefront, the doggy beaches, the mm-hmm. trails. Uh, Starbucks does the puppuccinos, yeah. which are cute. <laughs> I don't fun. drink coffee, but I probably <laughs> should get Maverick a puppuccino at some point. <laughs> but there's so many places that have like dog-friendly like food options. Mm-hmm. And the build, especially the new buildings and the city, um, really should do away with this breed band stuff. It's Absolutely. crap, I think. Um, but I so, love that you guys have the crisp as well. Thank you. We can talk about this off air, but Maggie asks, because her condo building does have a no-dog policy, but we've, we've noticed lately, there seems to be a lot of, uh, not rescue dogs, but emotional support dogs support that dogs. we know are not emotional support dogs. Um, so she just wants to know if there's, is there anything legally that can be done as far as us being able to get a dog? Because we do want one. I know exactly what we want. Uh, is it one of the four dogs? It, no, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, they're you cute as hell, of course. Um, but is there something we could do legally? Well, you might know better than me. I mean, I don't. There, you can't. I mean, if it's in your lease, there's nothing you can do. If it's it's n- it's a condo. I mean, she bought. Okay. And it's it's part of the HOA. HOA saying no dogs. Yeah. So there's not much you can do there, but you can ask for permission. Um, you can. We've had people like pay an extra pet deposit, and there have oh. been exceptions. Okay. Um, for the emotional support animals, you need a letter from a licensed that. therapist. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's actually, it's it's like a prescription from a therapist for an animal that's going to help you be able to deal with whatever you need to deal with. Okay. And it gives them um, housing access. And, like, definitely people abuse it, and it's very sad, but it's also, like, a very valid thing. So I hope yeah. that, um, it, I, don't necess- I don't know if there needs to be regulations. I don't think there does. Um, I just think people maybe need to respect it and take it a little bit more seriously because sure. it's, sure. it's something that a lot of people really need. Yeah. And I think, you know, in buildings like that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are adopting them just, just, or 
getting right. the service dogs yeah, so they yeah. can have a dog. And yeah. I don't fault them for that because they're good <laughs> homes to put dogs in. But yeah. yeah, you know, people abuse that all the time. And it, this morning, actually, Jeff, uh, my business partner, I, I was in the gym swimming and he was working out. He's like, there's a giant dog here that's a service dog. And the woman's working out in the fitness center. And he's like, it's one of those standard poodles. And it was this morning. He's like, are you upstairs? And I'm like, no, I'm downstairs. And um, he's like, how's that dog here working out with her? Although I remember meeting a guy in the dog park a long time ago. And uh, he's, a, he's a buddy still. His dog would, and it wasn't a big dog. It was a small dog. But would alert him before he was going to have a seizure. Yeah. So I said, you know, it's very possible, Jeff, that the dog that was... Um, in there could have been a seizure dog because have you guys seen that i yeah. think that's incredible like service dogs are trained for a specific thing and it could be anything from like to help with panic attacks or seizures or um you know someone a diabetic um to help them before like their insulin gets too low there's so many different things that they can be trained for um and that's like a very specific thing and those animals have a right of access everywhere in the yeah. public and that's because they help that person live a safe life yeah um and they are friendly social animals that aren't gonna like pose a, a danger to anyone around them i just think it's incredible that a dog can alert somebody prior to them having a seizure it's, I mean, so cool. it's, it's insane yeah. to think that they've been trained to do that and uh he was a very good rower he was like a like a sailing captain and he started having them and he said yeah this dog alerts me before i'm supposed to have that dogs it's are just, magic it's incredible you know, they're they're so cool i mean they you can train them to do that's what we were saying earlier they're so intelligent their ability to learn is at such a high level i mean if you ever get a chance if you want to play on youtube watch what some of the military trained dogs do like mm -hmm. that the seals actually take out and the things that they can do and the commands they have it's incredible but a little bit of training can go such a long way you might not have a navy seal dog that can jump out of a plane but you can just do a little bit of training and it goes so so long absolutely like i, I see dogs in the park all the time that are misbehaving but are, are sweet and it's like you could just spend an hour a week mm -hmm. and that dog will be just fine yeah, and it helps you bond with them too. So yeah, absolutely. And then you could take him on trips and stuff. And my dog is—he's yeah. not trained like a police German Shepherd. He's a sweet. He's like a lap dog. He just sits on your lap when you get on the couch. But when I take him camping, at least he's—I'm able to do those things with him because I've taken some time to train him. And I—if yeah. I, you guys are going to get a dog who don't have a dog already, definitely do that. Maggie said fifty dollars sent. Thank you, Maggie. Yep. Um, everybody else who pledged, please donate. Um, we, we went over the hour, uh, yeah, with one did. guest, um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this was special to John and I, we, um, love animals. I, dogs have a big soft spot for me. Cats too. I just can't be around them. People think I hate cats. I don't. Um, I had an ex that had a cat and it lived with us and I took Benadryl for six months and I got used to that cat. Um, but I'm allergic to them, but I do have a huge soft spot for dogs. What you guys are doing is incredible. It's great to hear that from when you started till now, um, the CACC has had so much more success because of people like you and other organizations like One Tail at a Time. Um, so thank you for that. It's, Thanks for having me on to chat. I really appreciate it. It's incredible. And uh, for everybody else who is going to listen to this after John and I are done, we have 250 bucks left to uh, get sponsored and I know we're gonna get there because I'm gonna shake it. I've been watching who tunes in. I just, I don't want it to be that people don't tune in now because I'm gonna shake them down for stuff, right. but 
those of you who have been <laughs> watching, I get to see that you're watching, and I will shake you down for the other 250 because we <laughs> want to get these four dogs into a um, forever home, and we want to make sure that it was Spicy Tostada, Smiles, D.O.G., D.O.G., and Thelma, Thelma all get homes. Uh, Absolutely. Especially I mean, all of them, but Thelma is older, and uh, give her a good rest of uh, her life, please. Yep. John, do we got anything for next week? Uh, we do. What Before we got? Before I put that up, though, I just want to say thank you <clears throat> to Candace Jordan. Oh, yes, that's right. Who is actually the person yeah. that connected us. Uh, she speaks very highly of you and the work that you do, and I can see why. Uh, so, Candace, I know you tune in uh, quite a bit, and uh, thank you very much for you, introdu- yeah, yeah. introducing us. Yeah, thank you, Candace. Yeah, awesome. We love her. Um, she's the best. She is. She's so fun. She's so fun. Uh, so next week, <clears throat> we have a gentleman named Daniel Carcillo, who is a two-time Stanley Cup champion with my Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, our uh, Chicago he's coming Blackhawks, in. John. I'm <laughs> from Chicago, too. Uh, he's coming on with a neurologist named Dr. George Michaelopoulos, and Daniel has started a 501c3 because he, when he was a player, he was a wrecking ball, and he is really feeling the effects of all the hits in the head that CT. he delivered, uh, but still even just the, the jerking around the, the brain back and forth. He's really starting to feel that. Uh, he's married, young kids, and really wants to. He's going to talk about his... Uh, career, but he wanted his doctor to be here to sort of explain what it is, the effects, not just what he's feeling, but what's actually going on to give people more insight. So it's going to be a fun show, but very educational. Uh, I know, Mo, you and I are big fans of MMA. We watch fights a lot, talk about it a lot. Um, I've, I've been a big Hawks fan since I can remember and you see these guys, you know, going to town, uh, center of the ice, just locking sweaters and throwing punches, and you're cheering and screaming. But they have to live, you know, these are young men, and they got to live the rest of their lives and have families and so on and so forth. So it's going to be a very educational, interesting show. So check that out. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, obviously, our passions of boxing, MMA, auto yeah. racing, there's accidents that happen, and then... Uh, Everything going on with young kids now playing football and some of the bands yeah. for you know full contact and stuff. Uh, I'm psyched to be able to chat with them and absolutely hear the backstory of his career. But absolutely I'm excited to hear from uh, the doctor about yeah exactly what's going on in someone's head when that yeah. happens. And I'll tell you what, I mean, Daniel, uh, what a nice guy, super nice guy. Uh, so it, I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. Well. Tune in next week at 3 o'clock Central. We're going to have yep. a pretty cool show. And again, for everybody listening, it means a lot to me. If you guys can get us to that number, we will get to that number. Yep. Um, I am going to cover half of that. So you guys collectively just need to come up with the other half. And uh, I know you guys can. And outside of that, please reach out to One Tail at a Time. Please foster if you can. Donate. They got the Amazon wish lists. Uh, there's tons of different ways for you guys to volunteer and 
follow them on social media because they have a ton of cool events coming up. The one on March 31st is going to be awesome. You guys can go play with some really big dogs and <laughs> big dogs are fun. I mean, you get to roll around, take photos with them. Um, for those of you that have families, I'm sure your kids are going to love being around gigantic uh, dogs. So please, please follow them. Help out as much as you can. Their website's really fun. It's got a lot of dogs. Uh, it changes all the time. You can see the dogs. You can sponsor them for adoption like we are today. Uh, but please help them out because the more that uh, you help them out, the more they can save dogs yeah. and kittens. Absolutely. Cute little kittens. So thank you guys for listening and thank you, Heather, for coming on. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Three, two, one, go.